0: You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com slash connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. All right, who's heard of Miles Morales? Oh, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all weren't paying attention to the trailer? Of course, I mean, you had to hear him on the trailer at least, okay? All right. Okay, I know most people have never heard of Miles Morales. Uh, he was a co- comic book character that it was created in 2011 by Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli uh, two th- 2011, uh, and uh, he is Spider-Man uh, that he goes by. He goes by Spider-Man. You say, well, no, no, spider mans a lot older than that, and uh, he actually, you know, I've seen the movies, I've seen the cartoons, seen the popsicle. You know, uh, Spider-Man. That's not Spider-Man. Uh, that he's a version of Spider-Man. Yeah, there's a, there's a, the original version of Spider-Man was created in 19, I think 1962 uh, by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, and uh, and so yeah, that's, that's the original version, but this is a new version uh, of Spider-Man, and as you saw, uh, me and you, like we, maybe you grew up, you know, seeing Spider-Man, you know, on TV and, uh, you know, pajamas or whatever, uh, but, but Miles grew up in a different place. He grew up actually seeing Spider-Man, you know, in his world, uh, in this movie, he uh, Spider-Man wasn't just something amazing on television. Uh, sure, he, I'm sure he saw him on the news or on newspapers or whatever, but he also saw Spider-Man. You know, maybe even just just swinging down the street sometimes. Maybe he he saw it on social media. You know, his friends post something because uh, Spider-Man at this point had been Spider-Man for ten years, and so like surely Miles grew up in a world where Spider-Man was just a thing. You know, and An amazing thing but it was something that he knew you know I think you know uh, we sometimes can get to where we we see something amazing going on in the world or something amazing that's happening and we see it but we don't realize we could ever be a part of And that's how Miles probably felt is he probably felt like you know there's this amazing thing that's spider-man but I could never be part of that I could never be part of that story because that's not where I'm at Um, That you know that's not available to me and he even says that when he, he gets bit by a spider and he begins to get powers, and, and he, he even says there, there can't be two Spider-Men, right? There, there can only be one Spider-Man, you know? And that's what we think, but, but in this movie we see that maybe uh, maybe there's, a, there's, there's more than one Spider-Man. Maybe, that, maybe it's a little different. And so that kind of attitude inside of us that maybe we, when we see something amazing that we couldn't ever be a part of that, that kind of reminded me of a guy in the Bible named John, uh, John the Baptist. He, uh, he knew that Jesus was coming. He knew that Jesus was, uh, you know, going to show up, and he was, uh, preaching, and he was telling people, hey, Jesus is, is on his way. Jesus is coming. Uh, he, he's going to show up, and he's going to do some amazing things, and I'm not even going to be able to tie his shoe. He's going to be so amazing. I'm not going to be worthy to do that. And so that's where he kind of saw himself. He's like, Jesus, this amazing things happening, but I'm going to be—I can't even touch Jesus. You know, that's how amazing he's going to be. But then when Jesus actually does show up, the, one of the very first things he does is he goes to John, and he asks John to baptize him. And so uh, this, is, this is how it's recorded in the Bible in Matthew. It says, Jesus left Galilee and went to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John kept objecting and said, I ought to be baptized by you. Why have you come to me? And Jesus answered, he said, For now, this is how it should be, because we must do all that God wants us to do. And then John agreed. And I love the way Jesus said that. He starts off and he says, For now. Now. And it's got an urgency to it. It's happened. It's right now. This is what we need to do. And he says, We. You know, he says, he says, uh, because we must do all that God wants us to do. He doesn't say, you must do all that, that God wants you to do. He doesn't say, I must do all that God wants me to do. He says, we. He, 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 using those words, he invites John into the story. He, he opens it up to him and says, hey, you're a part of this too. This is, you know, it's all, you know, it's all about Jesus, but you say, hey, it's, 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 you're, you're part of this too, and that's what he's still doing, and maybe you felt like that before, you felt like this whole Jesus thing, that it's something amazing, it's something, it's something cool or whatever, but it's, it's not really open for me, it's not, it's not something that I can step into, it's not something that I can be a part of, and uh, I believe that Jesus is, is opening his arms wide open for whoever, wants to be part of what he's doing. Um, in this movie, there's uh, some gateways, some portals that open up in between different realities, okay? Different worlds, different planets, basically, different Earths uh, with different New Yorks on it. And and that's kind of a crazy, earth-shattering kind of idea that for, for Miles, that there's these other, you know, worlds with different Spider-Men on them. Um, and uh, there's, it's, it's completely different worlds, completely, and that's what, that's, that's similar to what Jesus, Jesus is a gateway, a doorway, a portal to a new way of life, not a new way of life, life the way it was meant to be lived in the beginning, and, and Jesus even says this, he says this in John chapter 10, uh, he says, I am the gate, all who come in through me will be saved, and he goes on, he says, I came so everyone would have life and have it fully, have it fully, and some, some versions say life abundantly, like more life than you can contain. And I, I see so many people, and, and I'm guilty of it too, going through life and just making it. Going, going through life and just checking the boxes, you know? Going through, a, a, like, just mediocre, just, just making it. And, and Jesus came not to bring us a mediocre life. He came to bring us life in full. He came to bring us not, not just a new way of life, life more than we can contain. Hope and joy and peace—these things that 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 keep us, uh, that help us open our eyes to to the bigger world that He's bringing about here around us—and uh, that's what we believe. We found, and that that is an earth-shattering thought. That not just that Jesus, not just that 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 uh, that that Jesus came and died for for us. Not just that, but that we can be part. of, in the world, I think it's my. I think I'm going dead here or something. Maybe. Okay. Cool. All right. I'm back. Um, but but that God, that Jesus is inviting us. That's an earth shattering thing that He's inviting us into this. Um, in the movie, uh, Miles discovers uh, like his world, like how he kind of sees the world is is different. It's different than what he originally imagined. You know, it's not just him. It's not just his little city, but it's, there's, other, there's other earths in, in this movie. There's other Spider-Men in this movie. And so it's, it's kind of a, a moment where everything changes in his brain, right? Every, he has to see the world in a completely different way. And before, he thought there's one Spider-Man. You know, there's one Spider-Man. He looks this way. He dresses this way. He does this. And he slowly begins to realize it's much bigger than that. And uh, it turns out, you know, there's, there's multiple Spider-Men. There's uh, Spider-Men, there's Spider-People, there's Spider-Women. Uh, there's a Spider-Man Noir. He's, like, uh, he's voiced by Academy Award winner Nicolas Cage, and it's the most Nicolas Cage thing ever. Uh, and there's, a, there's an anime robot version of Spider-Man, and then there's uh, Spider-Ham, who's uh, the, the amazing Peter Porker. He's a spider pig. That's a thing in the movie. So it's just showing there's all these different versions of Spider-Man. And you thought there's just one. There's just one. There's all these different ones. Um, And that's something that goes back to when Spider-Man was first created. Stan Lee, the creator of uh, the original Spider-Man, he wrote this. He said, what I like about the costume is that anybody reading Spider-Man in any part of the world can imagine that they themselves are under that costume. And that's a good thing. And so what he's saying is like, you know, Superman, he goes around without a mask all the time. Like even when he's at his day job, I don't know how nobody picks up on it. He's just wearing glasses, parts his hair on the other side or something. I don't know, and nobody picks up on it. Uh, But we know what he looks like. And then Batman, he's wearing that like half mask thing. Like still most of his face is showing, right? And like you can still tell that it's you know it's it's uh, Ben Affleck or Christian Bale or George Clooney or whoever under there, right? Uh, And but then you got like Tony Stark, Iron Man, like yeah, he, he wears this mask, covers his face, but he's always got to, you know, like take it off halfway through the battle so he can get the glory shot for the, the poster or the trailer or whatever so everybody knows that Robert Downey Jr. is in the movie, and, uh, so, so that all these guys that they cover their, they, they cover some of their face or none of their face, but Spider-Man has always been like full mask over his entire face, and, and that's, that's on purpose It's so that anybody could look at him and say, I could be under that mask, I could wear the mask, and so, so, uh, I think that, that, that can be uh, an earth-shattering thing that, that actually, you know, that, that maybe that's bigger than what you thought it was, that that the 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 idea of a superhero, like Jeff talked about last week, that anybody could be a superhero. And this, this whole, like, earth-shattering kind of moment with coming to realize what's happening, uh, how, how the world's different. It reminds me of this story in the Bible also of a guy named Saul. And uh, Saul is on the road. To Damascus and he and his life is headed in one direction in a direction that's not a good one and uh, he, he comes in contact with Jesus Jesus has already died and ascended back into heaven uh, resurrected and ascended back into heaven and he speaks out of heaven to Saul and changes the direction of his life forever and uh, Saul, he was, uh, he, he was a Pharisee. And so like up until this point, he had seen the world in a very closed way. And uh, the way he saw religion was very much uh, there's us and then there's everybody else. There's the people that are on God's good side and then there's everyone on the outside. And that's the way he looked at it. And if you, you, you read about the Pharisees, a lot of the thing is they took the law very seriously. They took uh, what it meant to follow God very, very, very seriously. And sometimes they even added in a few extra laws, you know, to, to help keep everybody in line. And then, uh, but Saul, he took it, he was one that took it even a step further. And he took it to a place where uh, he would actually go and, and round up people that weren't, you know, following the, 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 the religious law. And have them, you know, have a trial or have an execution or whatever. Uh, that that was that's who he was, and that's actually where he was headed. He was headed to go round up some some Christians uh, in Damascus, and that's where he was headed when he met Jesus. And he had his world rocked. He had his his idea of what reality was completely shattered. And Jesus did this when he was here, though, too. As he he messed with what people saw as, you know, who was on the inside and who was on the outside, or even if that was the right way to talk about it, because Jesus spent time with all these kind of, and Jesus really uh, challenged the way the Pharisees, like Saul, thought by building relationships with people intentionally that were, that were not considered, you know, part of the in crowd. Uh, he, he built relationships with people of different races, uh, like the Samaritan woman. Uh, he, he, developed uh, relationships with people that had different beliefs. And there's several places there uh, in Scripture, and I, I've listed on the Sunday's page, the uh, Connect page, the notes. There's links there where you can go and read these these different stories. Um, but really, uh, he, he built these relationships with people of different races, different belief systems, because back then that was just the way it is. If you, you're a different race, you probably followed a different religion. Uh, so you know, he built these relationships with those people. He built relationships with uh, the poor, the people that were in poverty. And so, sometimes those were even the, some of the people that were, that were uh, he counted as some of his closest followers. Uh, he, he built relationships with his oppressors, uh, the Roman government that were, you know, oppressing the Jewish people. So he, he, there are several different interactions he had there. And then he built rela- rela- relationships with people who had bad reputations, uh, people that were, you know, known uh, sinners like, like uh, Zacchaeus, uh, the tax collector, or uh, or, or a pro- a prostitutes on several occasions. He had relationships with these, these people. He built intense relationships with them. And uh, th- he also had spent time, built relationships with people who were uh, considered unclean by religion. Because, I mean, like we call some people like societal lepers, these people were actual lepers. They were people that were actually not allowed to interact with anybody besides other people who had leprosy. And Jesus spent time with these people. Uh, and these, these relationships, they weren't just happenstance. They weren't just uh, drive-bys. You know, they were, these were intentional relationships he built with these people. He, he did these things not to, to do a gotcha to try, to try to, you know, trick them into believing in him. He did it because he cared about the people on the outside. And we've all been there, right? We've all been on the outside at some point in our life. And Jesus cared about these people and that were on the outside. And, and what I think it turns out is that, that a lot of us, not just Saul in the Bible, but a lot of us, we've drawn our circle maybe a little too small sometimes. And we think about our, the, 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 you know, the, the pe- that for us, you know, how God came and died for us or how, how he wants us. But Saul had to come to realize it wasn't just about him. It wasn't, ju- it was about so much more than that, you know. And uh, Jesus was really about including everyone, and that everyone had a place at his table. He wanted to bring all people to come to know him. In this movie, uh, if you see the, the spider people, uh, they all kind of look different. They're, you know, they may all have the Spider-Man eyes or whatever, but everything else, they're, they're you know, very different in the way they look. Their backstories are very different. But there's one scene where they get to talking about, about their backstories, and they realize that there are some things they all have in common. I mean, they were all bitten by a radioactive spider, except for the spider pig. He was actually a spider that was bitten by a radioactive pig. But that's a whole other thing. Um, but the other thing they all share in common is they all had a death in, the, in their past that took them, that woke them up, that took them from being a nobody to realizing they had to do something with their powers, to do something with the, what had been given to them. And so they all had that in their past. They all had that in their story. And, you know, you may look around this room today and you may see people that look different than you, that dress different than you, that may talk different than you or whatever. But there is something in, in all of us. There's been a time where whether we've, whether we've met Jesus or not, there is, there is a time where Jesus died for every one of us. Right? And that's what unites us uh, as a church. As Christians, not just in this room, every church. You may look at other churches and say, "Well, they, they, they do this different or that different." But if if Jesus is at the center, then we're all we're all more alike than we are different. Honestly, well, there, there's more to bring us together than there is to set us apart. At the end of the day, uh, because Jesus, if if he's really changed our lives, if he's really done something to to, to radically alter. The course of our lives, then that should be an integral part of who we are, and that should mean that I, I share more in common. With, if that if that's all we have in common, that's that's huge. You understand? We we have so many things that are drawing us together there, and so uh, what I find is that that when, when we begin to draw our circle around us, when we begin to draw our circle, if we draw it too small, what in, actually happens? We finally end up alone. We got to draw a bigger circle, and that's what Saul had to figure out, and he finally figured that out, and he put it together, and he actually changed his name. He changed his name to Paul, like a superhero, like, like I'm not Saul anymore, I'm Paul. Uh, so, really big change there, just one letter. But um, in, in one of his letters he wrote to Timothy, uh, as Paul, he, wrote, he writes this, he says, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. All people. That's Saul got it. He figured it out. He, he changed his name to Paul and he figured it out. He figured out that God wants all people to come to him. That's what his heart is, is for all people. I was reading some uh, commentary and some things people pastors have written about this scripture over the past couple of weeks. And uh, one of the things I came across is one pastor in particular, he said, uh, I don't think there's ever been a church in the history of... Of the world that has ever taken this scripture as seriously as it needs to be taken because if 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 that's the heart of God is for all people to come to him if that's the heart what, what, what can we do what can we do if we're following him that should be our heart too is that all people every person comes to know Jesus because there's hope and there's peace and there's joy that they can't experience outside of of him there's life abundant, not just, not just for me, for everybody that, that wants it, that wants to, wants to know Jesus. And so that's a big task. And when I talk about that, it may seem like overwhelming. It may seem like, how could, we, how could I ever do that? And I think uh, the number one thing we, we, we can do, the first thing we can do, is uh, we've got to take care of our neighborhood. We've got to own our neighborhood. Spider-Man has always been kind of called a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You know, other superheroes are out, you know, saving the universe, you know, uh, you know, stopping planets from colliding with each other or whatever insane things happen in superheroes' lives. But spider mans just stopping bank robbers and and you know little you know petty thieves and those kind of things just around the block. And uh, so that's, I think that's where we got to start. We got to start. We got to start where we're at. We got to start in our neighborhood. And when I say our neighborhood. I don't just mean your street or your block. What I mean is is where you already have influence. Okay. Yeah, it definitely starts in your home. It definitely starts in your house. You know, we've got to we've got to start there and, and take ownership of our home, but it goes so much further. It goes, it goes, yeah, straight down our street. It goes uh, to our places of work, to wherever, wherever you work at or wherever you have influence. It, you know, if it's, a, if it's a coffee shop or a restaurant you frequent or a store you're always in where they know you by name, you have influence. And that's part, I think, of your neighborhood. And so if we, what, what would it look like if we all took ownership of, of our neighborhood, if we all took it serious enough and just tried to make a difference in our neighborhood, in the place that you already have influence, how, what, how would the world look different? If, if, if just, just by, just could be something small. It's just, just a friendly smile or or whatever. It could, it could be having a conversation with somebody, uh, you know, asking, "Hey, how could I be praying for you? Is there something going on in your life I could pray with you about?" Or it could be having a conversation about, like, telling them what God's doing in your life, how He's, how He's, you know, affected you and what He's done that's blessed you. There's something we could all be doing. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, he said this. He said, "Every Christian." is either a missionary or an imposter. That's a tough one. That one hits you in the gut, right? That's a, that's a tough one. And, and I think, why is it that we won't get out and, and of our comfort zone and reach out to somebody? Why is it? I think it's because we all get busy. I know with me, I, 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 I'm just as guilty of it as we get busy checking the to-do list off, you know, going through the day. Doing the things you're supposed to be doing, and somehow following Jesus, sharing Jesus with other people, reaching out to other people, it can fall to the to the wayside. It can fall into the background, and if we do that enough, it can you know it, we can completely lose it. We can completely just lose our sense of purpose and our sense of of why we're even called Christians so we've got to keep that first and foremost in our brain that we're not here for ourselves. we're not here uh, just to make me happier just to make my family happy I'm, I'm, I'm here to make to, to, to share Jesus with somebody so that somebody else will know about what Jesus is doing um, Paul he said it like this He's, he said I'm not seeking my own good but the good of many so that they may be saved he, he, gets it. he got it you know than all of us, he figured it out. That it's not about just making myself happy. It's about trying to reach out to somebody and trying to, to tell somebody else about about what Jesus is doing because it's that important. And uh, you know, I think when we talk about that, like it's still kind of frustrating. Like, you know, could I pos- Could I really make a difference? Can I really? do anything that, that, that could make a difference. And this is my favorite line from the entire movie, and I think it kind of speaks to that. And, and Miles says this, he says, I never thought I'd be able to do any of this stuff, you know, being Spider-Man, but I can. Anyone can wear the mask. You can wear the mask. If you didn't know now, I hope you, uh, if you didn't know that before, I hope you do now. And I think we can, you can do this. If, if you didn't know it before this moment, you can do it. You know, a lot of times we we look at other Christians and we think, "Oh man, I wish I could do something like that," or "Oh, I wish I could I could be influential like that," or "I wish I could go and do those kind of things." But we don't realize that that Jesus wants to do those kind of things in our lives too. That He wants to do those things in your life. We believe God has an amazing thing for everybody to do. He has something awesome. Everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus, right? That's something we say a lot, um, but. But I think a lot of times we, get, we, get, we always think about, you know, our belief in Jesus, but we forget that Jesus also believes in us. That Jesus believes, and that's kind of, that's kind of that makes you a little, feel a little weird, right? Like, Jesus believes, what does that mean? Uh, you know, Jesus, he believes that, that you know, we talk about like, reaching the world, telling the whole world about Jesus, changing the world he left it to us he said in acts 1 8 he says you will be my witnesses he's talking to his disciples this is some of the last words he says before he leaves the earth he says you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and in all judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth he, he, he it's not a question it's like would you please it's not a uh, it's, you know it's not like like i need you to do this it's it's you will he's saying you will be my witnesses. He's not just talking to those disciples then, because he knew they wouldn't reach the end of the earth. He was saying he's going to pass it on. He's talking to us now. We're going to reach the end. That's, that's what he's saying. It's he believes in us that we're going to be able to do it. And so I feel like so often we're, we you know we see something going wrong in the world. We see something going wrong in in any situation, and we just we just hope God will you know show up and fix it. We just you know hope Jesus will just come back and make everything right. And uh, I know He will. But we can't just wait around. Jesus has left it to us. He's left uh, something for us to do to make a difference. And, and so, so that, that's the thing is he believes in us. So if he believes in us, if he believes in you, then you can do it. You can make a difference. And it, it can be as simple as just owning your neighborhood, owning the place where you already have influence, being a positive influence, uh, an influence of good, like Jeff talked about last week. Being an influence of good on the people around you. That's how you can be a hero. It's it's just doing that. It's that simple. Uh, And so I believe that you can do it. I believe that we can do it. But you can't do it on your own. I can't do it on my own. Okay? Um, We need other people. We need some people to come alongside us. Miles, in the movie, Miles Morales, he says, when I feel alone, like no one understands what I'm going through, I remember my friends who get it. Miles has some spider people, right? And he has some spider people to learn from because he's, he doesn't know how to be Spider-Man. So he has these people that, that he learns how to be Spider-Man from. So he's able to go from being Miles Morales, who no one's ever heard of, to being Spider-Man, who we all, all have heard of, right? He's able to do that because he surrounds himself with people who can help him get there. And that's how we grow too, Okay. That's how Saul did it. That's how he went from being Saul to Paul, is he surrounded himself with people that could help him get through it, to help him figure it out. Uh, he said this, uh, uh, Paul said this. He said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Now, he never met Jesus. So when he said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ, he never met Jesus. So his example of Christ, he met, he met the voice out of heaven. That's the only interaction he had with Jesus. Um, so his example of Christ came from somebody else, somebody else passed it down to him. And so there were people that he surrounded himself with to pass it down to him. And so, uh, so he had people like Ananias who prayed for him, and Barnabas who was like a mentor to him, and then he, he had Silas who was a friend and uh, stood with him through hard times, and then he had Timothy who he who he mentored in return, and so so he had people all around him that he was constantly learning from, uh, standing in, in you know in arms with you know standing to support, and then uh, then people he was poured into, people he was returning the favor kind of. To, you know, handing it down. And so that's, that's something we all need. We all need that in our lives. And that's why small groups are so important is because you need those people around you that, that can pour into you and that you can pour into and that you can, you can lock arms with, you know, and that you can feel like you have when nobody else gets it, when nobody else understands it, you have the people around you who do. And that's why you need that. And I, I, I like the example of like a body of water. If you have a body of water and there's there's nothing flow there's, there's uh, nothing flowing into it, what's going to happen? It's just going to dry up, right? It's going to be gone. But if if there is a there is source that's flowing into it, then what happens? It, it it begins to grow. It begins to get deeper, right? But if there's no no way for anything to flow out, then what happens? Then then it's just going to get stagnant, right? It's just it, it, the water's not going anywhere. It's going to get dirty, you know. There, there's not going to be able to be have anything live in it, right? It's it's going to be a, a horrible, gross thing. Uh, so you've got to have you've got to have that flow in and that flow out, right? You got to have people that are pouring into you, and people that uh, you're that, you, that you're pouring into. And then you got to have you got to branch out and reach out to others too. And I think when that happens. It becomes less and less like a river or whatever, you know, whatever you had in your head pictured a second ago, and more like an ocean, you know, that, that we're all sharing this, this experience together because there, there's, there's something that you can learn from every Christian. I know a lot of times you look and you say, well, well, I can't learn anything from them about God because they haven't been a Christian as long as I have or they haven't been in church as long as I have or they're not as old as I am or they haven't been through the things I've been through so I can't, learn, can't gain anything from a relationship with them. But the thing is, is we've all been through things. We've all been, we've all been somewhere, right? We've all had something happen to us that's all worth sharing. We've all had something that we can pass on. We, we've all had these different experiences with, with Jesus, with our walk with Christ, with just living life that we can pass on to each other. And so when we begin to see that, 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 that these relationships we have with each other, they're so important. They're, they're, they're vital to our, our growth. And um, Jesus knew this. He, he knew that that's how it was supposed to work. And that's why he told us. He told us I always said love one another as I've loved you because he knew these relationships were going to be so vital so vital to their growth. And so, you know, if you don't want to go anywhere with God and want to always stay where you're at, just keep just just cut yourself off from people. But if you want to, to go somewhere new, you've got to open yourself up and reach out to some new people and and share your experiences with them and and return find find new ways to grow with Christ. Um, because we need uh, to be able to say what, what Paul said there in First Corinthians, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Can you, can you say that to somebody? Could you say that to somebody? Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. But then again, can, can, is, can, is there somebody in your life that you can say that about, that you're following their example as they follow Christ? We all need those relationships, right? We all need those because that's how we're going to do it. That's how we're going to reach the whole world. That's how uh, the heart of God, to, to have everyone come to know him, that's how it's going to happen, is because we're going to, because if we reach out to each other and we we can do it together. And you may think, you know what, well, I don't know that God can use little old me still. You may just still feel like, what can I possibly do? And Miles had that problem too, is he wasn't sure if he was ready to be a hero or not. And he says, he asked Peter, the original uh, Spider-Man, he says, uh, how do you know you're ready? How how will I know when I'm ready? And Peter says, you won't. It's a leap of faith. He says, it's always a leap of faith. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes we don't realize that, but sometimes even when we follow God, there's still, there's still a chance of failure. There's still a percentage of chance that we could fail, that we could miss it a little bit. But here's what I know. Like we sang about it a minute ago, like, you know, he'll never let us fall. We sang about that a minute ago. And it doesn't mean that we never have anything go wrong in our life. That doesn't mean that nothing bad ever happens to us. But it means that when he does, he's always there to catch us. He's always there for us, to hold us in those times. And so, so you know, we, ha- we have those times. But the thing is, it, it, you know, we, we may fail, but we can't lose. Because God's with us. You know, other things may fail us, but but he'll never fail us. We may fail. He he won't. Um, So, you know, wherever you're at today, you know, if if you've tried, uh, you know, reaching out to people and having relationships in a church, uh, you know, having a, you know, maybe somebody hurts you, in a, in a previous church or something bad happened. And so now it's just like I, I'm going to protect myself. You know, that's, yeah, you, you could mess up, but, but, but you can't just stop. In the movie, one of the things they say is in order to be, they kind of ask him, it's like, if you fall down, can you get back up? Okay, you can be Spider-Man. And that's it's like, if, it, we've got to learn that too, is that when we fall down, we've got to be able to get back up. When when we mess up, we've still got to figure it out. And and even when other people fail us, we've still got to still be able to trust other people, trust that, that pe- there are some people that want what's best for us. There are still some good relationships out there. Maybe you've tried a small group before, but it just didn't go perfect exactly like you wanted to. And then you just, well, just small groups don't work for me. I don't need them. That's, that's... I, I hate that that way of thinking, because because it just limits what God can do in your life. Because because God wants to use these relationships to, to to help you grow, to help you grow closer to Him. Or maybe you know what you tried you've tried you know following Jesus. You've just tried that, and and something bad happened. Something you know went wrong. But you know what, it, 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 uh, people may fail you, the situations may fail you, but he will never fail you. We've got to get back up, dust ourselves off, and follow him. Take the leap. Peter, uh, uh, Miles had to learn to, to take the leap, to, 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 to jump off the building. Uh, and Peter, not Peter Parker, Peter the apostle, the d- disciple of Jesus in the Bible, not a comic book. Uh, he, he, had, he was somebody that always took the leap. Uh, and and there's a story where we know the story. You know the story of of Jesus walking out on the water, and we always remember talk about that, Jesus walked on the water, and the disciples, they all saw him. They thought he was a ghost, and they're all scared, and then Jesus says, hey, hold on, it's just me. It's just me, it's Jesus. And then Peter says, for some reason, this doesn't sound smart to me at all, but he says, Jesus, if that's you, I want to walk out there on the water to you. Now, I mean, there had to be some other way to figure out if that was really Jesus or not but that was Peter's idea. Peter was ready to leap, and yeah, he walked a few feet out there on the water, and then what happened? He began to sink and began to drown, and Jesus had to come save him. He may have only taken three or four steps out onto the water, but that's three or four steps more than I've ever taken, and so I think if you look at the Bible, when after, in the early church, when you see the other disciples, you really the rest of the disciples kind of get lost because it's all about Peter. Peter becomes kind of the center, the, the, the heart of the church because I believe that that spirit in Peter is what enabled him to be used by God, that he was somebody that was ready to jump, ready to go. What is it? And we, you've got to have that if you've been hurt, if you've been let down, if, if you feel like, you know, that, that, that something has failed you, that things just didn't work out for you, got, you've got to get up and dust yourself off again and get ready to leap because there is something God wants to do in your life that's amazing. There's something awesome that He wants to do in your life, but He can't do it in, if you're just sitting back, if you're just waiting on Him because He's waiting on you. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.